make a vision board. Could be a pornographic vision board. And then jerk off to it. Oh my gosh, creative pornography. Yes. This, is, this feels like a whole side hustle for you, actually. Do you think? <laughs> yeah, Should maybe. I be a creative pornography coach? Yeah, I, I would say creative pornographist. Hi, I'm Dahlia. I'm not your therapist, but I am a dating coach, a matchmaker, and your new best friend when your real best friend just doesn't want to listen to you anymore. So let's have it. Hello, welcome. First off, apologies for no episode last week. There were some technical difficulties, but we're here now. We're fine. You know, I could have stressed about finding another way to get it done. And I said, it's quarantine. I don't have to stress. My listeners will understand and this will serve as an example of taking care of yourself and not pushing yourself too hard. Sometimes you just need to lie on the floor. You know what I mean? So, okay, so we're here. This is a very fun episode today. I thought this was going to be really fun. Uh, First, I'll say, please keep sending me your questions. They can be quarantine-related, not quarantine-related, notyourtherapistpodcast at gmail.com, notyourtherapistpodcast on Instagram. I know sometimes it takes me a while because I'm like building up listener questions so I can do a listener question episode, but I promise I will get back to you and I love to get your questions. Also, please, if you're bored and you're like, what can I do? You could write me a review and rate me on iTunes and that's like good karma coming your way and then something good will happen to you later in the day. Like maybe you'll post make yourself ice cream like I did four pints yesterday. It's fine. Okay, so today I'm going to do it a little differently. I have a listener question. I was not fully prepared to answer myself, so I'm going to have my guest answer it with me. Maybe not right up top of our conversation because I really want to get into things with him. He is a guest that has been here before, Billy Griffin. He was maybe like episode number four, one of my top rated episodes because he is so funny and interesting. And the episode that he was on was called When He Won't Be Your Boyfriend. And we have some major updates. It is now over a year later. I gave him an assignment of not having a boyfriend for a year, not allowed to have a boyfriend for a year. So we're going to check in with him, hear how he's doing, get his updates, answer this listener question, maybe a few others. Who knows? We'll see what unfolds. We love each other. We're on opposite sides of the country, and we're going to have a great time. So settle in, lie down on the floor. This is going to be a great time. Hello, Billy Griffin. I am here with Billy Griffin, my old roommate, my favorite person, my top rated episode guest, I think. And you, I don't pay that much attention, but people (laughs) love that episode. I think, you know, you're a real fan favorite. Uh, Billy Griffin, living in New York City at the epicenter of the coronavirus. Sorry to scare you there. It's like, it's fine. Um, How are you doing? Let's check in. How are we doing, first of all? How are you doing? Pandemic-wise? Yeah, just life-wise, pandemic-wise. Yeah. Wise-wise. Good. Very wise. Um, Good. Yeah, I think everything's okay, generally. Um, Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm very grateful to have jobs that are continuing during this crisis and a roommate that I like. That is very lucky. That's how I feel. Jobs that continue and a roommate that I like. (laughs) I should hope so. Yeah, I hope so. We're getting married. Um, (laughs) Billy showed me a picture of his quarantine hair prior to this. And man, I wish podcasts were visual because I got uncomfortable with how attractive it was. It was so hot. You're so hot. (laughs) 
I feel like all my guy friends are really coming into their own in their 30s. Like they're figuring out their hair, their beards, their style. And they're just killing it. They're just getting hotter and hotter. And I'm like, here I am. Here I am. Well, you've always been. You've always been in it. That's the problem. That is the problem. We're, isn't we're it? transforming. Yeah, but you were always I was just this, too this much gorgeous. there already. <laughs> Especially if you could see me right now. I'm greasy from the shower. I washed my hair for the first time in two weeks. It looks. It looks gorgeous. You're that glistening. That was for you. Even though you can't smell it, but it's fresh. <laughs> it's pretty fresh right now. Um, before we start. One thing I've been working on is listening more. So if I interrupt you or talk too much, feel free to put me in my place. Oh, okay. Just a thought. I think listening (laughs) is a real skill. And I'm like, I'm I'm a very like, oh, yeah, me too. Oh, yeah, I want to talk like about that. And it works sometimes, but then other times I'm like, maybe I could let people come up with ideas on their own. Yeah. That's what good therapists do, I think. Yeah, I'm, I'm into that. But I'm I not will, your therapist. Uh, not clearly not. <laughs> so I don't have to do that. <laughs> but I feel like if anyone could like tell me, listen, you need to listen, it would be you. Yeah. I would like take assert- it assertively you. but compassionately. Exactly. Yeah. Which is how you treat your lovers. <laughs> so you're doing well. I'm doing well. You're doing well. What are you doing for your mental health? I just like to get ideas. Oh. Um what am I doing for my mental health? Um, I'm staying pretty busy, which is yeah. generally good for my mental health. Um, when I sit still for too long is when the existential dread begins to creep in. Totally. Um, I'm trying to exercise regularly. Mm-hmm. At, and home. I, at home. Mm-hmm. And I'm trying to mandate um, at least a walk around the block while wearing a mask and rubber gloves um, every day. That's great. We go for a walk. We don't always wear a mask if we're not going to go inside somewhere, but maybe we should. Should we? I don't really know. I have been. I have been. I think you. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe you should. should. Damn it. I bought a sewing machine. You did? um, Because I'm going to teach myself how to sew masks and I'll send you one. Great. Thank you. Are you also going to do other things with it? Yeah, maybe. I didn't, it, you know, it's really hard to set up a sewing machine if you've never done it. Really? Um, I mean, maybe it's not for people who know stuff like that, but I had to call my mom and we FaceTimed for about 45 minutes. Wow. Um, and I was just like, I don't understand how to thread this. What's a bobbin? Where do I put this? It's all very confusing. Really good for you, though, for like jumping into a thing that you had never even done a little bit before. You were just like, yeah. I'm going to do it. Because I think now is the time for that. Like, at the same time that I'm like, look, if people need to lie on the floor and do nothing, that's fine. I'm also like, I like the idea of just taking on that you total something that you totally would not have taken on before. Yeah, totally. Like, and I've I been drawing like a-, a little bit. I drew before, but I've been like, it occurred to me one day that all I was doing was like consuming, like consuming yeah. TV, consuming books, consuming movies, consuming social media, food, drinks. And I was like, I should try and output something. doesn't have to be every day, but once in a while. Yeah, I think that's a, really, that's a really useful way to think about it. I... Um, because I, I have found that stuff like that, like the sewing, and um, I, I play piano a little bit, and I've been doing more of that. And there, there is something about the generative process which makes yeah. me feel um, settled in a certain way. Yeah, it just and it makes me feel like if I do nothing else today, yeah, I didn't just take in, you know. 
Like yeah. I started very loosely doing uh, morning pages. Oh, yeah. Just writing, free writing, like three, four pages in the morning just to be like, at least I know I did something good for my mental health, even if what I do for the rest of the day is buy things that I shouldn't on Amazon. <laughs> like what? What are you buying? Oh, my God. Well, okay. I was really good at first at not buying anything because I was like... <laughs> We're in this for the long haul. I don't really have money coming in. I'm not buying anything. And I completely restricted. And similar to a diet, I think, when you restrict too much, then you binge. So yep. instead, I like grew a list of things I wanted that I couldn't mm. stop thinking about. And then when like <laughs> some money came in, I was like, oh, I can buy all those things now. And then I just went on like a spree for like 48 hours. <laughs> and now I bought like, what did I buy? I bought... <laughs> embarrassing a derma flash it's one of those what like is that? it's like you shave your face with it uh but it's supposed <laughs> to be good for your skin and a I ha- i'm a flash? russian jew i have a lot of <laughs> random hairs wait a derma flash because i think it's like electric i don't even know i'm just getting it oh. it was recommended to me like months ago i what i thought of fleshlight when you said derma oh, flash <laughs> Close, close to it. It's a flash. I think it is a light, so you can see the hair you're removing. But I'm kind of like, you know, there's certain areas of hair I have no control over removing right now. Like I cannot bikini wax myself. Oh, sure. So at least this I could remove, like my mustache (laughs) for a while. It's blonde, but it's definitely there. And what else? I bought like some protein fiber powder I've been eyeing for a long time because they did a lot of places are doing deals because they're hitting me in my weak spot yep I bought jewelry cleaner you know just like I mean nothing crazy but just like (laughs) stuff I probably probably don't need but really want to just make my life a little cushier yeah well I also feel like you know there have been there's been a drop for me in other expenditures right so I said you know like a restaurants of course and like that you know things that I would otherwise be spending I'm not getting haircuts monthly I'm not right. you know so like I started thinking like oh well now I can spend a lot more money on other, other stuff right yeah like kitchen so stuff like, seems justified I'm like it's groceries uh, the protein powders groceries <laughs> I bought well my KitchenAid mixer broke right before this started So I had to buy a hand mixer because my hand mixer only has one beater. And I was like, I I truly can't live like this. Wait, you need a kitchen. I know. And it broke right before. So I can't even get it fixed. Can you get a new one? Just get a new one. I thought about getting a new one, but they're like, you know, $400. Just get one in every color. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I have had this one for a long time. 13 years. Oh, my God. And it finally broke. But I feel like it's fixable. So I'm not going to. So I got a hand mixer. What else did I get? I just, you know, deals. we bought a waffle maker. I need a waffle maker. You bought yes. a waffle maker? They're great. My roommate did. Really? Yeah, we already had waffles and they were delicious. I kind of want one. <laughs> I'm gonna get a waffle maker. <laughs> Bed Bath and Beyond, man, they know what I'm doing. They do. They got They're my number. Anyways, you. this is not what this is about, but I'm glad we talked about our <laughs> consumerism. It's important. <laughs> really important but i was really good at first but then i binged so my word to the wise would be maybe moderation instead of binging and restricting the way that i do did Mm, won't mm. do anymore hopefully maybe maybe so well who knows feels (laughs) like it's could be anything also binge on like a lot of masks like ordered a bunch of masks oh like like math or like masks no like 
uh, like face, like like the kind we're supposed to be- wear. Beauty masks. No, oh. breathe breathing. Oh, breathing masks. masks. <laughs> okay. okay, masks. <laughs> I just like you know. I just went crazy. Like what? What about shopping? Is so comforting. It's like I'm getting a thing. Because so. you're like there's there's some amount of control in it it feels like i'm i can hand this money to some or not even hand money but just like create an online transaction and somebody sends me a thing that will make my life better right like a plus b equals c this makes sense yeah i see the thing i want the thing i buy the thing i get the thing nobody can stop me you can't stop me coronavirus yeah only bank account can stop me (laughs) we're not on speaking terms right now (laughs) okay anyways should we do this listener question first sure what do you whatever you think let's do it i feel nervous (sighs) are you ready i think so i'm gonna laugh Dahlia, this is a legitimate question. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) How do I find another dirty mind to be my virtual play partner during this period of social distancing from horny at home? (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Um, Yeah. There's got to be an app for that, right? I feel like you're very creative with this stuff, so I thought you would be the right person to ask. I because I have been I have been hearing from some of my clients that like guys, mostly guys, I'll call them out, are hitting them up on the apps, being like, "Yeah, but do you just want to come over?" And it's like one, not respecting the social distancing thing; two, right. not respecting anyone's boundaries of like maybe you should date and get to know each other first like that wouldn't be acceptable for first date under normal circumstances it's certainly not acceptable now um but i but i also feel for people a little bit because i'm like i can imagine being very horny right now if you don't have a partner you're sitting at home with no distractions also for me i know that i used to masturbate a lot more when i was highly anxious it was kind of like a de-stressor coping, soothing, self-soothing thing. Um, so if people are anxious and, and some people don't even recognize how anxious they are, like it's this underlying anxiety. And so that could be coming out and like, I'm horny, I'm horny. I need to put this somewhere. And, you know, so I get it. I get the impulse and I get that, you know, maybe watching porn can get old. So what should someone do if that's kind of what they're looking for? Yeah. I don't know. Um, yeah, it's interesting you say that because I, I have often thought about, um, I guess both masturbation and sex is something I, I do out of anxiety sometimes, mm-hmm. you know, and that there's something, especially, you know, hooking up with someone, there's there's something about like putting all of my attention on another person that like mm-hmm. relieves my sense of, uh, I don't know what. And, and yeah, I, I can sort of imagine in this moment people who who really rely on that as a as a coping mechanism it it must be um yeah i don't know i like it like you know is there cuz i feel like on the um like on some of the gay hookup apps um specifically on grinder and i th- i think that um i think that maybe scruff too you can you can actually like put like oh you know i'm i'm just interested in i'm interested in meeting up or i'm just interested in chatting Um, And I don't know if like the dating apps have that. I know Bumble you could put because it asks, I think, stupid question. What are you looking for in terms of like relationship? Oh, sure. Nothing serious. Don't know. But I also know that like 
most, I won't say all, but most people on the receiving end of that, when they see that you're not looking for something serious or whatever, you know, they're not really interested in that and they'll kind of swipe past that. Yeah. So, yeah. Hmm. I mean, part of me wants to say as much as like, I respect the fact that that's maybe all this person wants. Like this isn't really the time you can just be going for results like that. And so, you know, because maybe that's something you could do when things are normal and you could just hook up, be very upfront about looking for something casual, no strings attached. But I think it's going to be hard to get someone to do video or chat sex, not knowing you and not knowing if they have privacy, if they can trust you. I think that's a big ask. And so I think like, Maybe what he needs to be doing is putting his attention, like you said, it's about putting your attention on someone else too and like distracting yourself from your own anxiety. So maybe some of what he needs to be doing is putting his attention on someone else without the end, like deal with your horniness, whack off a couple (laughs) times, then go on the app so you can have a real conversation. And if it's anxiety, you can put your attention on getting to know someone else better. And hopefully when all this is over, which it will end, it will not go on forever, you will be able to have a play partner. And if it's no strings attached that you want, you could tell them that while you're talking, getting to know them, even you could be like, I'm having a great time getting to know you when this is over. I don't know if I'm looking for a serious relationship, but also we can just see how things unfold. Because if you have great chemistry, getting to know someone virtually and great physical chemistry, I don't see then why it wouldn't turn into something more. Yeah. What What do you, um, I also just thought like, if I were in that position and single, which mm-hmm. I'm not, and we'll talk You're about not, later, we'll get there. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, uh, might be a moment that I, I would be reaching out to like exes or well, ex, yeah, that, yeah, not, maybe not like serious exes, but like ex flings. You know, the people that huh. that was sort of what the relationship was anyway. That's true. That's a great. That's a great idea. Because um, I do know people have had the instinct of reaching out to exes. That's a big thing right now, and I get it. Two, I think, you know, people are even hearing now from friends that they don't normally talk to just because people are lonely and they are going through their contacts, their photos, their histories and going, who can I talk to? Who can I check on? Who can I reach out to and connect with? And an ex is someone you already have kind of an emotional bond with. But I like that idea of like someone who was just a hookup of reaching out to them and being like, hey, we already know we have chemistry, want to help each other out a little bit. Yeah. Kind of thing. I don't know if that would work as well. I'm just being honest with like a straight cis male and a straight cis female because I sure. think the woman would be a little like, no, no, you, we, unless the woman who was the one who was like, I didn't want a relationship. I just wanted to hook up with you. Then I think it would work. But, or even I was thinking about like, um, I remember uh, an app, I don't even know if it still exists, that was like specifically geared at people looking for non-traditional yes. sort of situations. I, think I did talk was... about this with a recent guest. Oh, okay. It is called Field. Yes, Field, yeah. Yeah. F-E-E-L-D. Yes, F-E-E-L-D. Yeah. So he could certainly go on there. Again, I think even with those non-traditional situations, a lot of that is dependent on trust and transparency and especially when practicing non-monogamy it's a lot of putting your trust in a person first and I do think that's harder to do over the internet than it would be if you were meeting them so you could 
know what kind of person they are first. Yeah. But he could certainly try. I think he could try field. I think a little like we were talking about, if some of this is coming from anxiety or not knowing what else to do, he could try creating in other ways. Not just yeah. sperm out of his penis, but <laughs> but when he's feeling that anxiety and that restlessness, like maybe I'll put this energy into drawing a naked woman or like, you know, writing a song yeah. about how horny I am or, yeah. you know, just doing other things that can make him feel some sort of release. Yeah, because that's funny because I always feel too like like dirty talking, that kind of flirtation is that in and itself is this kind of act of creation right I think that's totally. what is so exciting about it is that when you find somebody that you really click with you're like playing off of each other and bantering back and forth in a way that feels really generative I don't know so yes. like I I mean in in which case like yeah I don't know it's probably why me and you were probably both really good at that huh that's probably why we're <laughs> great at it <laughs> I always loved that I loved doing that maybe we should just banter should, with him should we <laughs> Yeah, let's just text him. Like, I wish there should be, I bet there is a paid service. Oh, yeah, right, there's gotta could, be. Like phone sex, or well, like... It, it also yeah. occurred to me that this might this must be a very peculiar moment to be any kind of sex worker, right? Yeah. Like, why, I don't I mean, I don't know much about um, what's going on, but I don't, I presume that people's needs in that regard are not stopping right so like yeah but i don't think i mean i don't think many sex workers are probably working right now right but, but i wonder if any of them have trans <laughs> have transitioned to virtual we should yeah. find out yeah because you know i think there is no shame in paying for sex going through going about it legitimately you know treating someone with respect paying whatever and getting the needs that you have met and right now it is hard to get those needs met and if there's a professional who would do phone sex or text sex or even video sex, yeah, why not? You're not spending your money taking people on dates. Right. Probably wouldn't cost more than a couple dinners. Yeah. Right? Invest. Yeah. Invest. But I think, I yeah, I think that idea, he could also, if we're saying it's generative to talk that way, he could write himself a, a, a sexual soliloquy. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. A monologue. Of what oh, he wants yeah. to do to this imaginary woman. Yeah. Paint her, make a vision board. Could be a pornographic vision board and then jerk off to it. Oh my gosh, creative pornography. Yes. This, is, this feels like a whole side hustle for you, actually. Do you think? <laughs> yeah, Should maybe. I be a creative pornography coach? Yeah, I, I would say creative pornographist. Thank you. <laughs> not, also, you can order creative. vintage Playboys, which are super hot. On like eBay and stuff. And I think they're pretty cheap. You can get like a box of them for like, I don't know how much. I just had a friend who used to always have them. And we would make collages out of them. And it was really fun. We would like decoupage the women's bodies. And I mean, it's like if you're getting bored with the Pornhub yeah. situation, get some vintage Playboys, transport yourself back in time, look at a magazine, make a collage, wallpaper your house. Or invest in a VR porn Ooh. system, you know, or yeah. the VR the VR system, and then and then get the porn. That's a great idea. It's, too. It's another way in. I love that. If you need to up the ante, there's so many good solutions here. Yeah, we've got so many solutions <laughs> so for many this solutions. listener. <laughs> You're fine. But I would say don't go approaching women right off the bat on the apps, being like, "Hey, want to come over and hook up?" or like, "Hey, want to be my virtual play partner?" Like. 
just if you're on the apps, get to know the person as a person and think of it as investing in the possible future of a sexual life with this person. If it's sexual needs that get, need to get met, pay a sex worker, get creative with porn or create something or run around the block with a mask on. <laughs> That's what I have. <laughs> But don't expect some other person who's dealing with their own anxiety to kind of like be your receptacle for what you need. In general, I would say that's a good rule. Yeah, that seems like a good, good you know, rule get your apply. needs met by yourself so that the person you're then getting to know is about getting to know them and not about having them answer a need for you. Yeah, good. Right. <laughs> Speaking of, so that was good. I think we did good. I think we answered. Great. Horny at home. Tell us if that helps. <laughs> good um, luck, Corny at home. Good luck. So speaking of, mm-hmm. Bile, so yeah. let's let's backtrack a little. So you okay. were on this podcast, I want to say over a year ago, like last February, maybe. Yeah. And you were pining after this one man. Yeah. Yeah. And you had had a few different experiences of pining after unavailable men. And getting to the point of we should be boyfriends, Mm -hmm. but they're putting the wall up now and saying no on that word. And uh, you were pretty unhappy. And I gave you the assignment of you are not allowed to have a boyfriend for a year. I don't care who you meet. I don't care how great it is. You have to stop chasing that squirrel (laughs) and you have to focus on other things, focus on getting to know them. Because I bet a lot of times once you get to know them, you might not even want them to be your boyfriend. Yeah. If you aren't just chasing that prize. So that was the assignment I gave you. I also know that you gave up drinking, which I would like to talk about. Yep. Yep. And (laughs) tell me more. Tell me things. Tell me how this year was for you. Tell me where you were and where you are. Tell me. Tell me everything. Yeah. Um, Where I am and where I was. I'm, I sort of, the time, time is, um, confusing i can't yes, remember right like now. what <laughs> i can't remember what was really like where i was i feel like a lot has changed and also some stuff has stayed the same um i was not drinking i i did not drink for 620 days wow um congrats how can you talk a little about this is another thing just to bring it back to our current situation a lot of people are drinking at home alone yeah. totally get it yeah. However, I would encourage you to not use that as an excuse to then have emotional outbursts at people you are dating or want to date or did date. Yeah. So can you talk a little bit about how you kind of came to the decision for yourself to stop drinking for a while? Yeah, well, um, you know, I, I felt like my relationship with it was sort of verging on unhealthy. Um, the, the sort of... Uh, main uh relationship uh that ended now a couple of years ago um that i was kind of losing my mind about um drinking which is a big part of our experience together um uh you know we would we would often have a couple of drinks out and then go back to his place and finish a couple of bottles of wine between us and it just felt like we were never um never not drinking um Mm -hmm. when we were you know engaging socially um which isn't unusual for the beginning of a relationship. Yeah, no, totally. And I mean, but, you know, but it did just, it felt like it was becoming like a kind of default of like, not even just one, it was like, it was always a couple of bottles, you know? Mm, mm-hmm. um, and then I think when everything, uh, when that kind of fell apart, um, 
you know, I, I also, he was a coworker that was like a, a difficult part of that. And so after the end of the relationship, I continued to see him and have to engage with him all the time. Which is and horrible. I, it was, it was very terrible um, and continues to be a little terrible actually. But, um, uh, but I'm managing that a lot better now. Um, but you know, I, f- I felt like I was coming home from work feeling so drained that I just wanted a drink. And then I would have like a few drinks cause I was in the habit of doing it and I would wake up hungover and then I would over caffeinate to feel like I could take on the day. And then by the afternoon I was panicking from my over caffeination and then I would want to drink when I got home from work. So like it was just this vicious cycle. And so I actually gave up caffeine and alcohol cold Turkey on July 1st, 20. 20- 18, I guess. Um, and I was just going to do it for a month just to see. And then I, it felt like it was going well. So I did it for three months and then I did it for six months. Um, and in that time period, like a lot of major stuff happened that I felt like, uh, if I can do this stuff without, um, alcohol as a crutch, I, I feel like I can do anything. Um, and I also just started like, um, uh, finding, uh, finding friends who were also not drinking, um, that was like, it was useful to have a social outlet that wasn't, sur- you know, centered around going to the bar. Um, and so it was good. I felt, I felt really positive and I, I did that for a full year. Did you great. go on dates during that time? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I um, guess when we spoke, well, we've spoken a lot, but when we spoke yeah. on the podcast, you were already not drinking. Yeah. Can you talk a little just about, just for my listeners who don't drink and I get this question sometimes, ways to date without drinking? Yeah, I mean, I it, it's I mean, it's funny, and you know, maybe maybe because I I wasn't because um, I you know I, I don't identify as an alcoholic, and I I, I didn't feel like it was a uh, a problem per se for me in that way. So I I I felt sort of excited about the limitation, you know, mm-hmm. like I was the idea of like having to get creative about what are what are different ways that I can go on dates that are not just um, and I just got in the habit of being the one to propose something. Um, and it was, you know, usually like I would just go for a decaf coffee or something or, So um, would you meet at a coffee shop or? Yeah. Yeah. Um, or like, you know, I mean, you know, I I know dinner is kind of a hard, uh, feels like a big commitment for a first date sometimes. Um, uh, but you know, there's also like, you know, go see a show or like go to an event or something together. Um, I, um, uh, one guy that I actually ended up seeing for a little while, we went, um, and took an adult gymnastics class together at Chelsea Piers. And that was so fun because we like, um, it was like, you know, I mean, it was physical, um, which was great because like, um, you know, I don't know, we were like engaged and got a workout. Um, I also got to see like how he handled himself in a situation that was, uh, you know, both like physically challenging and like unfamiliar. Mm. Um, and there was also like a group element of that where like we were doing things like as, as a, as a whole class and I got to see him interact with other people. And it was like, it was a really great date, you know, because I got, I got a real sense of him as a person. Um, he, he, that particular person also, uh, what didn't drink. And mm. so I, I also found myself going on dates with people that didn't drink, yeah. um, a, a lot, you know, and they, I mean, cause, t- cause to be honest, I, there were a couple of people that when I said, you know, they said, let's meet for, you know, at a, at a bar or whatever. And I said, I don't drink. They were like, it's, it's too big a part of my life. So deuces, um, which, you know, I, I respect. Yeah. Um, it's legitimate if people feel yeah. that way, then they're not the right person for you because, also, it, there's a difference between being like, I'm sober and I'm never going to drink again, which isn't what you were saying, but you were like, I don't right now. And if that wasn't right for someone, that wasn't right. Yeah. 
totally. Did you find it, did it make anything more challenging in terms of uh, creating intimacy or having like sexual things happen? Because I know some people are like, they have to have that drink to kind of loosen their inhibitions, flirt, make out, whatever. Yeah. Um, did you find that? Not really. <laughs> Well, you're a highly sexual being, so I wasn't really <laughs> expecting you to say yes, but I am curious. You know, um, I, I will yeah. say as your friend and someone who was kind of like witness to a lot of this, that when you decided not to drink, I was relieved because only because the stories I would hear about the problems you were having with the with the one who you were having a hard time with. Yeah. So many of those stories of these like big emotional outbursts or fights or things you would end up regretting were because you had, maybe not because you had been drinking, but you had been drinking a fair amount. So you'd be like, I was really drunk and I don't remember. Or like, I was really drunk and I said this thing or I did this thing. And I, and I, it was just a pattern. So I was like, you know, I know he's going to figure this out, that that might be a part of it. Yeah. And I think whenever we're going through something emotional, it's just heightened by adding alcohol in it the same way that it, we think it makes us, makes us feel better. It also heightens a lot of emotions that we're going through. And so I was happy that you could kind of, you know, just see that that wasn't working for you and it wasn't making things easier to get through. Yeah, yeah totally. And I, you know, like I, I mean, I, so I, I am back to drinking now. Great. Um, which I feel good about because I just feel um you know I, I feel like it was long enough that I proved to myself that I don't you know that I, I can walk away from it at any moment um but that I also do like enjoy it and I enjoy the sensory experience of it and I enjoy the social aspect of it and um you know I I don't um I I don't think it's in danger of becoming what I what I think it was um, and I also feel much more, much better, much more settled about yes. that relationship, which um, I, th I think was just a huge, huge piece of it. Huge. I mean, I think whenever we're going, it's like, you know, people, a lot of people in California smoke weed. That's great. I used to smoke a lot of weed. People will ask me if I want to. And I'm like, I just think I'm into a neurotic place in my life right now. Like, I think I'm just yeah. going to go somewhere weird if I smoke weed. And it's a similar thing where it's like, when you can recognize that you're going through something big and emotional and the drinking is not helping you get through it, it's stopping you from getting through it or it's adding to the pain of it. And then knowing when you're back at a place in your life where you're feeling more settled, more healthy, where it's not going to unleash this beast every time yeah. you drink, but where it can actually go back to being like a fun recreational thing. Yeah. And, you know, I also I also felt like just in terms of of you know, the amount of like time and energy and money I was spending on alcohol that the the time when I was not drinking was just so much more productive creatively. And it's funny that you say this because I, I mean, I think I told you that I've been working on this solo show about mm -hmm. this relationship and that I found that like funneling, I have so much um, sort of, I mean, I have so, so many thoughts about it, you know, and so many feelings and so many, um, so many like manic um, rants in my head that I've just been putting on paper mm -hmm. um, that has sort of started to to form into something and so like I feel like if I had been drinking I that channel wouldn't have been open in the same way and I just I, I just felt largely more creative and more productive um, and healthier and like I was you know spending money on yoga memberships instead of um, you know a hundred dollars a night at a bar which um, you know adds up yeah so 
we spoke. We decided you weren't going to have a boyfriend. You were still kind of dealing with all this mm-hmm. fallout from that relationship. And then you started dating again. How was that? When you knew that being having a boyfriend was off the table. Yeah. I, I don't know. There was like a part of me that was like, is it off the table? <laughs> yes. If I say yes, then yes. Um, but it's interesting because when I look back on it, um, I think in the in the past year, really, the there were sort of like two substantial relationships. Uh, I, I don't I don't mean I guess I don't mean substantial relationship. I mean like substantial possible relationships. I mm-hmm. guess people that I talked to um, for a, a couple of months at a time who felt like it was headed in that direction, um, uh, possibly. Um, but both of them were also. Um, like distinctly physically unavailable like neither one of them lived in new york wow how'd Um, you meet them um uh both of them i met on on apps i think one was on chappie and the other was on um hinge Mm -hmm. um and so we we started chatting and you know led to um you know one, one of them sort of split his time between new york and another city um, and another was was passing through. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I did end up having, you know, uh, meetups with both of those people. Um, and it seemed like we hit it off and, you know, we continued to stay in touch for, for months at a time. But it also was was like didn't um, in retrospect, neither one seemed really viable, you know, as a relationship. Did that answer your question? <laughs> <laughs> Yes. So how were you? And then at the same time, you were healing, still healing from this other relationship, still seeing this person at work. Yeah. And then where where are you now with things? So you had two that were kind of not viable as relationships. So that was probably a good tester moment or like a good practice. Like what I'm saying now to a lot of people, actually, since they are not able to meet people in person, is to use this opportunity, not just okay, I want to go on virtual dates in the hopes that one day I will meet this person and they I'll be in a relationship with them, but also to practice certain skills when all you have is your communication of like mm-hmm. speaking, getting to know each other, to practice skills that you don't normally when you fall into your habits of sleeping with a person on the third date or you know, acting this certain way when you're in person with a person. It's like you're at home, you're in your comfort zone. If you have trouble asking for what you want or you have trouble speaking up for what you need or you have trouble letting someone else run the conversation, practice those things now. You know, the stakes are pretty low. We don't know if we're ever going to meet these people, but there is some good stuff that you can kind of train on with a person that all there is is communication. Is that why you're practicing listening right now? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I'm practicing listening in general, but I just think... It's a skill, but yeah, it's no, good that's to have. that's good advice. You know, I think that, um, yeah, I think there's, I think there's so much. Um, I, I've been thinking about this a lot because I think it's it's interesting. I hear a lot of people complaining about the things that we can't do, right? And I, I guess I, I feel sort of excited about the. Um, I mean, I, I, I teach acting. I teach Shakespeare scene study, and it's something that we've been doing via Zoom, via webcam. Uh, I think I think to great success. You know, I think that the students continue to learn things, and it is like more possible than I thought. So, yeah. so finding the ways that you can 
Like, I think that's really good advice. Well, and it's great practice in that case to be on camera, which like you don't get a lot of practice on when you're learning Shakespeare in college, you know? But I do. I think I've been trying to think of ways that rather than mimicking what we do in real life and thereby bastardizing it and making it worse to find things that we don't or can't do in, quote, real life or don't normally do and you know, using this time to find those things that are actually better because of our situation instead of like trying to do the things we normally do and having them be worse. Wait, are you watching the reality television show Too Hot to Handle? No, but I saw a trailer for it yesterday. Do I need to watch it? Well, it's just interesting to me in light of this, uh, in light of what's going on, because the whole premise is that they can't have sex. It kind of um, feels like Netflix knew this was coming. They did that. They did Tiger King. Like, Love is Blind right before everyone had to be in separate right. rooms from each other and just talking. Oh, my like, gosh. Come on. Do you do you think they just have, like, a bunch of shows, like, geared towards any disaster, any, yes. like, global disaster Actually, that they can yes. Do? <laughs> yes, I do. I do. Because also, that's the other thing is, it's like, everyone's like, wow, Love is Blind is so great. Like... Getting the way they get to know each other, of course, a lot of it ended in disaster, but I think there was something to learn there too, which when that came out, I was like, it's so great how everyone's in their own space. They can lie on the floor. They can be on the couch. They control how much they drink, what they drink, what they have. They can be under a blanket. They can be physically comfortable. It just opens people up on these dates in a different way than when you're sitting at a bar, aware of all the people around you, looking at you, listening to you. You're in LA or New York or wherever being very on. Yeah. And I think there's such an opportunity with the fact that we're right now all just at home in our comfort zone. And that's a way to really get to know someone deeper and also to work on the things you want to work on and to notice things about yourself. Like I noticed that I just talk the whole time. (laughs) I need to stop. (laughs) But you're such a good talker. Thank you. Um, But you know, just things like that. Like I have another, I have a client who, in her relationships, tends to take care of people, tends to run the show, tends to be the one who has her shit together. And then on her virtual dates, she's saying, they didn't ask me any questions about myself. I had to keep the conversation the whole time going. And I'm like, don't then. Force yourself to not. Yeah. Sit there, smile, play with your hair, sip your drink, and then be like, do you have any questions for me? (laughs) And if they don't do it, bye. My computer's running out of battery. Close it. Bye. Like, (laughs) you know, and we also, that's the other thing. Like, people don't have to have, you know, a lot of people are like, how do you leave? And I'm like, you just say you have, you can say you have something else to do. You can be like, oh, I have a call scheduled with my mom or whatever. But you could also just be like, well, it was nice getting to know you. Yeah. Talk to you later. Like, this is a great time to practice your communication. Well, that was always funny. Back to Love is Blind. Yes. Um, is that how they used to be like, okay, well, I got to go. And I was like, where? Where, where do you have to go? Yeah. <laughs> your job is to be here and get to know yeah. these people. <laughs> but I think now is a good time to be like, oh, I don't have to have the boundaries of behavior that I gave myself. Yeah. You know? Like, I can say what I need. I can say what I want. If I'm getting bored or nervous, I can say it out loud Mm. and, you know, enlist this other person to help me. People always talk about wanting to be more vulnerable or wanting someone else to be vulnerable. And it's like the way you do that is just by starting by saying what you need and what you're really feeling and thinking. Yeah. 
Yeah, let's all reinvent ourselves. Spiritual awakening. Spiritual awakening right now. I'm on this kick where I think this, so far I have not gotten that many people on board with me. But what if we did, like, because maybe your second or third virtual date, you're like kind of running out of things to talk about. What if you one of the people brings some nice mellow music or a meditation, bring your favorite blanket and pillow, we take a nap together. Oh, that's so nice. That's nice. Yeah. Some if, people think it's creepy, but I think it's nice. Like we could even do that. Yeah, we could do it. Because like sometimes I'm, I, I want to see you. I want to talk to you. I want to see your face. But like I'm tired and I'm on my couch. And what if I just put my head down? And it's like that's something that we wouldn't normally do on a second or third date. But like, yeah. oh, what music did you bring? Oh, show me your, your pillow that you like to sleep with. Or... You know, okay, let's set an alarm from an hour from now and then we'll tell each other about our dreams. <laughs> I love that. Isn't I do that love nice? how people are getting creative about this yeah. stuff. Like yeah. I think that's I think that's what's really fun about it. Yeah, I think there's a lot of room to make this better than what we normally do. Cuz we were yeah. all just in such a like habit of behavior. Yes. Of this totally. is what I do and now we can do something different. Okay, so what are you doing different? Okay, we have to keep getting back to you. We keep getting distracted. Oh, okay. no, it's okay. Okay, yeah. So you had these two non-prospects, but they kind of allowed you to just like feel like you had something there while not really being able to have them as a boyfriend. So you still completed my homework. Yes. And you were communicating with them, but you weren't able to like give your whole life over to them. Yeah. Like you did with this one person kind of. Yeah, totally. And then what? And then I met my boyfriend. <laughs> but you um, did ask me permission before. I did because it was <laughs> because we met in November and um, and it, it just we really hit it off and things are going really well. And um, uh, you well, you met him in December, right? Is that when yeah. you were here? Yeah. And we weren't boyfriends yet. Right. Um, but I, you know, it felt like a, like an interview, like a test interview, you know, like, is it, a, might he be an okay candidate if <laughs> the question is asked? And then. Um, I really liked him. <laughs> I'm good. I really like him too. Yeah. Um, I like that he's he. probably going to listen to this. I like, it kind of reminds me of me and Matt's dynamic of like, we know who the like personality of the relationship is. Not that they mean? don't have a personality, but. <laughs> That we're the ones that are like, I need attention. I'm the big one. And then they're like, okay, whatever. I have nothing to prove. I'm successful and great. And we're like, no, but me. <laughs> but we're so charming. We're so charming. But they're just quietly perfect. Yes. You know? Yeah. So that's a good match. Yeah, it's a great match. You can't have um, two. This is why... I don't like two actors together. Uh-huh. I don't like two big alpha personalities who both need attention. That does not work. No. It doesn't work. So doesn't I'm sick work. of all my people who are like, I need someone who can keep up with me. I'm like, don't worry. They can keep up with you. What you don't <laughs> want is two people running in opposite directions. Right. You know? Um. Yes. Totally. Um. Or like trying to beat each other in the race, I guess. You don't want that. That's not cute. You want two people to help each other. Yeah, and compliment each other, right? Yeah, and compliment each other. 
Like um, I'd probably start running really fast and then Matt would like correct my technique and then I'd get mad at him. <laughs> but he'd be right. And then I'd have to admit it and apologize for getting mad at him. But it was great. <laughs> his great relationship great, building great, moment. Great. <laughs> Sorry, keep cutting you off. Go ahead. No, no, no. No, I just think you should be listening more. <laughs> You think I should? I'm just teasing. It was just a oh, joke. I thought, it was a, well, I first, it was a okay. callback. No, you're right. You're right. I thought, you're right. <laughs> no, it's only because you apologized for cutting me off. No, I know. And then I was just making a joke, listen. which is going over really well. Yeah. <laughs> it's a really funny joke. Because <laughs> well, I wasn't sure if you were saying he should listen more. And I was like, oh, get into no, it. no, 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 no. No, you're saying me. We knew that. I do. Yeah, I know. So, yeah, he... Um, uh, he, uh, suggested to me, we were meant to hang out on New Year's Eve, and he suggested to me that, um, he, uh, might be asking me to be his boyfriend on New Year's Eve. How did he and, suggest that? Um, I forget. There was some sort of conversation, I think, via text, where we were like, we should probably discuss what this is, right? Feels like it's, a uh, something, something. <laughs> um, I don't remember it exactly, but I remember thinking, like, oh, I think he's gonna ask me tonight. And then I still wasn't drinking, and it was New Year's Eve, and we were going out to dinner, and then we were going to go to like party. And did hobby. he drink? Uh, he does drink, yeah. He does drink, uh, but but not um, not right. much. Um, and we were we were gonna go to dinner, and then we were gonna party hop and go to a bunch of different uh, parties together, uh, meeting a bunch of his friends, and he was gonna meet some of my friends, and so um, just felt it felt like there was a you know a lot going on, and I had like, a really stressful day, was super over caffeinated, and then like got off the wrong stop for the restaurant and was running late and we were on such a tight schedule and I got there so stressed out and then I think I was nervous about the possibility of this becoming official and I started to panic Mm -hmm. I just had a very bad anxiety attack and um you know that's something that normally I would have a glass of wine to subdue and that wasn't an option and I was like you should just have a glass of wine so that you can like you know go through with this evening and then I thought well that's not the way that I wanted to break that you know like I wanted to do it very intentionally and very um because I wanted to not because I feel like I needed to that felt like the wrong um and so anyway I um I went to the bathroom and tried to like calm down and it wasn't working so I just came back and I was like hey I'm really panicking um and he was like oh great I have a quarter of a Xanax in my wallet (laughs) and then he gave it to me and then we went to all those parties and everything was fine and then I think he could sense that I was like having a weird night. So uh, we spent the night together. And the next morning we went out for brunch and he asked me to be his boyfriend at brunch. I love it. I love that you were honest with him about what was going on too. I love that you didn't just like either run away or try to push through it and hide it from him. Because when someone is getting to know us, you know, they can sense when something is off. Yeah, totally. And they're just going to internalize and think it's about them or they're going to think we're unstable and it's better to just call it out. Yeah. And who knows? They might have a Xanax in their wallet. You you never know. They might. You never Uh, know. Which was great. great. And he was so wonderful about it, um, which just kind of immediately put me at ease. Um, And then so technically, technically, I was 16 days shy of a year. Wow. From the time you assigned me that homework, but well, I hope that you will take this into consideration um, when issuing my grade. <laughs> Sixteen lashings <laughs> for every day you were early. No, I'm so proud of you. You did so well. Let me ask you this: Yeah, when you guys were courting and dating in the beginning, 
did you have residual fear, panic, emotional baggage, walls, avoidance, anything? Like, because I, 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 I hear this a lot too of like, I was so hurt. I was so damaged by this person. How can I move forward with someone else? How can I trust someone again? Yeah. Did you, yeah. how did you kind of deal with those feelings? Because I totally. know you were still seeing the one, the bad one, we'll call him the, the bad, bad one. one. At work, you still <laughs> yeah. see him at work. And yes. so you still were dealing with a lot of your, I know you're in therapy, right? Or you were in therapy. Yeah, I, w- I was in therapy. I'm not now, but my therapist and I have a good relationship yeah. and I can text her if things get weird. <laughs> Great. It's like me and you. Um, yeah. <laughs> Except you're not my therapist. Not your therapist. Um, but yeah, how did you kind of deal with, did you have any of those fears come up of like, because your whole thing too had been like a couple times you thought things were headed in that direction with a certain person, yeah. everything seemed on track and then they would drop the, I don't want a boyfriend or I can't do a relationship thing on you. So yeah. how did you kind of get through that this time? Yeah, totally. It was really interesting to me because I thought that I was like, I actually thought that I was managing it better or that I didn't expect that to come up. And it was funny that um, I remember another time that was like very anxiety inducing was sort of um, a, a couple of months in, I guess, um, I spent the night at his apartment and there was something so um, so like comfortable and domestic and easy about it. Like there, I, like I, I think we didn't even, I think I came over there so we could like order in and like watch a movie or something. And there was something about that sense of like being in something again, that, that kind of set me off, mm-hmm. um, and had, had me really freaking out again. Um, which is interesting too, because I think back to, uh, right after I broke up with the bad one, like maybe two months after I started seeing this guy casually who I really liked and who really liked me and I think was very eager to enter into a more formal relationship with me. Um, and the same thing kind of happened where we had a, a sleepover that just I I ran away from, you know, like I, I know that I was freaking out um, about the the what felt like a, a relationship, you know, with the, 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 the domestic intimate sort of like just coming home to him kind of thing like it really because that was so much of what I had with with the bad one mm-hmm. um so yeah I, I think I that definitely came up and you know I uh, you know using the New Year's Eve as a guide um I just directly addressed it um so that happened after you guys became boyfriends you felt uh, a little panicky about no, it was a, being... I think it was a little before okay I think it but, was a little before. Oh, uh, no, maybe, I guess not. Yeah, I guess it can't be. Yeah, I guess it was after. Mm-hmm. So you, um, but you were like, well, I told him before when I was panicking, so maybe I'll just tell him. Yeah. And how did it go? I mean, it went really well. It was really, it, it's like, it's that weird thing about anxiety where I always feel like uttering it is going to undo me. I just, I don't know what I think is going to happen, that I'm just going to like, explode into bits if I mention to anyone that I feel a little anxious Mm. Um, and the second I do it kind of dissipates Um, and he you know is really wonderful and receptive about it and um, you know I think I think it was a good conversation for us to have in general you know yeah and I think he understood too you know because he he himself was in like a long-term relationship uh, kind of, you know, in in some ways, our romantic histories kind of parallel each other in certain ways. So I I think we have a lot of um, understanding for each other a, around that kind of stuff. 
So when you brought it up, it wasn't really, because I think this is another thing is knowing that you can bring this thing up, not hoping for a solution or an answer from them. Not in the hopes of like, I'm feeling this way. Okay, well then let's do this or you should do that. But more, I'm feeling this way. Okay, like now it's out there. Now we know. And that alone, I think, releases so much tension and anxiety. I'm definitely someone that always wants an answer or solution. Yeah. And that's not always the best thing because that's almost like putting a temporary cap on it that's just going to blow off again. And instead, if you can just like let the air out and just be like, this is here. We're aware of it now. Yeah. And just leave it it there. Just let it live there for a minute. Because I think Mm -hmm. that's always the, I mean, I'm, I'm, you know, I think that's a lot of people's experience probably with that kind of stuff is like the more I try to stuff it, the the angrier it becomes, you know? Mm-hmm. And so if mm-hmm. I can just, yeah, let the, let the air out. I sort of like that image yeah. of it. Yeah. And now how are things? How are you guys doing during this whole thing? Great. Are um, you living together or what's no, going on? No, but um, we're not far so I have been taking the occasional masked car ride down to his apartment. Um, and we obviously make use of phone and FaceTime and text nonstop. So um, it's been good. It's been, it's been nice. You know, like I think, I think because we're um, largely new, like it's a, it's, it's a largely new relationship, I think is a part of both of us that is craving like, like we had planned a little trip to Hudson at the end of March that mm. we were going to just go out for a weekend to just like get out of the city and hang out with each other for a bit, which of course we had to cancel. Um, so I think we're craving doing things like going to the movies, going out to dinner, whatever. Um, but we're also like, he has a piano and we play a lot of piano and Aww. we play video games together. He has a PlayStation 4 and I'm apparently really into video games. Wow. Uh, <laughs> We, That's uh, like Matt's dream. He's always like, what if I find a game that we we both like? And I'm like, no, I'm wait, not doing it. But, but maybe you should think about it. I know. Can I, can I tell you because, okay, I'm going to make a plug now because we just we just beat um, Uncharted, which is like, a, I guess, is a, is a big game. Gamers like it. And... Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> but it's like, you know, the, these these games have like these almost like, um, like it's almost like part movie, you know, you play for 20 yeah. minutes and there's like a 10 minute scene between the characters. So like it got very invested in the characters and like the gameplay is like part, um, part shooting people, but also part like solving puzzles and climbing and like doing stuff. And the, the guys are so handsome, you oh. know? So I just think there's like a lot to be... <laughs> <laughs> I'm making a plug for video games. I like it. No, I, I was reading some article today about like what new wish couples or all couples could do during this time to, when all you can do is like hang out at home and you can't go have those more fun experiences. And there was a, there was some video game stuff in there. There was some Nerf gun war Nerf suggestion. Gun. Yeah. Oh, like someone hides outside the apartment <laughs> and then goes in. Um, <laughs> There's stuff like, okay, you didn't get to go to Hudson, but could you do a little camping trip in the living room, set up a tent, uh, a fort, uh, you know, and like do camp food, campfire I'm gonna, food. I'm going to out him, but he already he already bought some rope to build a fort. Wow. This is so, a good man. So maybe How do you what? build a fort with rope is my question. I think like he's going to hang it and then hang sheets over it or something. Cute. I hope I hope he listen by the time he listens to this we better have built a fort. Better have built a fort. And I think that's the other thing is calling out like I said to Matt today like 
we need to do something different. I'm having a great time. We both happen to be homebodies and we love just like cooking dinner and drinking wine and watching something. But I'm like, yeah. I feel like we should just do something else. Yeah. Um, I've seen things about like having a picnic or having a night where one person picks their favorite movie from their childhood oh. and you watch that together and you make like a snack or a food that was comforting in your childhood. Oh, that's so nice. I liked that. And I and then something like you could do always a dance party or I saw one that was like set an amount of time to not talk, not interact with screens and not talk. So you could make food, you could eat, you could drink, you could dance, you could give each other massages, you could just cuddle, but it's going to really tune you into each other's nonverbal cues and body language oh, and kind of like build intimacy and comfortability in a different way than just like talking about the same thing over and over again. Oh, I love that. I want to do that. Yeah. Because I think similarly to what I was saying with the virtual dates, it's like, this is also an opportunity as a couple to not be like, how can we do the bastardized version of the thing we can't actually do? Right. But how can we do something special that we wouldn't normally do? Yeah. I love it. My roommate and I were talking about um, like having some sort of event where we like one night for dinner, we just like put on like the nicest clothes we have in our closet and, and cook a fancy dinner. That and sounds fun. Drink champagne. Yeah. I mean, definitely if we end up having to cancel our wedding, I am getting my dress and I'm just going to uh-huh. wear it for a week straight <laughs> in my apartment. Don't care. I'm going to get some use out of that thing. Oh my gosh. I hope that doesn't happen though. Yeah. You know. We'll find um, a way to make it uh, special. Well, flights to California are really cheap right now, so I might just buy a ticket anyway. I think you should. Yeah. Okay, great. Yeah. Because, I mean, if anything, hopefully we'll do something with like 10 or 20 people. You know, great. it might not be the full 200. Right. But something small, go out to the desert. Desert. Or just our balcony. Oh, you have a balcony. Yeah. Oh my you god! Can see it, but it's very nice. Can you see it? Oh, hello! hello. Oh, I wish I had our outdoor space. That is a uh, yeah. We don't really uh, use it because really the squirrels own it. But in theory, we could. But you know, so I think just just getting creative, and rather than thinking this prevents us from doing all the things we want to do, think that this can open up avenues to other things. Yeah, other ways of doing things. Yeah, and um, other ways to communicate. I mean, I think for you guys, it could be interesting too. You're not quarantining together, so it's a little different, but I think for couples who are quarantining together, it's also learning about the other person's space needs and alone yeah. time needs. You know, I'm used to Matt being gone all day at work, so I've had some days where I'm like, I need to pretend I'm alone right now. Like, because I was like writing something. He's like, what are you writing? And I was drawing. And he was like, what are you drawing? And I was like, mm, you don't understand. You're not here right now. <laughs> I'm alone. <laughs> and then once I got some alone time, I was missing him and I was better. But, you know, I think this is also a great time for couples to work on communication and what they need, especially because this is probably bringing up anxiety for a lot of people. Yeah. It's a good opportunity to tell your partner what you need when you're feeling anxious. Yeah. And communicate, totally. love each yeah, other. Yeah, and you can't just escape and go run to a class or the bar or whatever when yeah. you feel yeah. right. You have to kind yeah. of confront it, which is, you right. know, a curse and a blessing, I right. guess. Right, or be like, let's go hang out with our group of friends so we don't have to deal with each other. It's like, right. <laughs> right. no, we have to deal with each other. <laughs> right. It's kind of nice for you. You don't have to go to work and see the bad one right now. Yeah, that's totally. good. It's actually, it's actually really nice. What a hidden blessing. I know. I could just keep it like this for a long time. Yeah. Do you have any 
Uh, words of advice for people who dipped their pen into company ink and have to deal with the mess on a daily basis like you were? Like, quit if you can. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, tr- truthfully, Truly, I, I yeah. really tried. I like, I, it's, I have such a good situation there, but I, um, I applied to a job at a, a different firm, which I was offered, but then it wasn't good enough. And then I applied to a job out of the country, which wow. ended up not being good enough. Really trying. <laughs> um, it just like nothing was working. Um, yeah, I guess I, I guess I don't know. There, there's part of me that thinks that just like, um, uh, I don't know, for me, I was initially trying to toe the line between like engaging professionally um, and not engaging at all. Mm-hmm. Um, and for me, the any amount of engagement was really detrimental. Yeah. Um, because because if I gave an inch, he would take a mile, and you know it it, it was it, it was really difficult for me. So I I just found shutting him out was the was the best way. And for the most part, I can do that. Um, you know, I think if you can't, that I don't know, trying to have a, a conversation about it. Um, Oh, are they doing this in Los Angeles? Sorry, hmm. this is a total. At 7 o'clock every night, everybody the in my clap. neighborhood claps. Yeah, I think they're doing it in some neighborhoods at 8 o'clock, maybe, not in mine. Yeah. It's really but I'll nice. clap with you. Is it time? Uh, yeah, it's time. Uh, well, they haven't like officially started. It's 6.59. They're going to start in a minute. Should we do it? Yeah, definitely. My cousin is a nurse over there. Oh, you know? of course. She lives right by you. She could probably hear your clapping. (laughs) I'm going to clap for her in particular. Yes, clap for her. Um, I was going to bring my... Hang on, let me go open the window. Yeah. Can you hear them? I can hear it. Should we clap? Yeah, I think so. Yay! We love you! <laughs> oh, I'm gonna cry. I know, it's really nice. It's really nice. And I have a very active neighborhood. And they, uh, like, the well, because you're right by the hospital, aren't you? Yeah, kind of. Yeah, yeah. A couple of them, actually. Oh my gosh. That's so nice. It's so nice. I'm crying. Um, a couple of nights uh, ago, everybody also at the end of the clapping sang New York, New York together. Uh, and they tried to get the whole city to do it, and it was really, really sweet. I love this. <laughs> I'm crying. <laughs> well, this was amazing. I feel like this is the perfect send-off for us. Um, thank you so much for coming back and reporting your success and your almost completion of my assignment so close i was so close so close the score of this clapping at the end of our podcast feels like this is amazing (laughs) 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 so great um i love you i love you i'm happy that you're doing well i'm planning on coming to your students play this week oh great oh yeah come see it or like watch it watch it because yeah. that's the thing is like, I wouldn't be able to see that I know. normally. Yeah. And if I was like, can you film it for me and send it? You'd be like, no. No. But this way I can see what you have been working on and what you're doing. Isn't it great? Yeah. It's kind of fun. I think it's going to be fun. Yeah. Can't wait. <laughs> We're doing great. I love you. I hope this was helpful for people. I hope this was helpful for Horny at Home. Oh my God. Helpful good luck, Horny, for horny, at, horny home. at Home. We love Horny at Home. <laughs> <laughs> and send us your questions. 
Billy, be well. I love you. Say hi love to your you. wonderful boyfriend. I will. I'm so Say happy to your for you. Fiance. I will. Bye. 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 Just the tip, a dating tip. That was a wonderful conversation with Billy Griffin. I'm so happy to hear he took my amazing advice and now has an amazing relationship. Let that be a lesson to all of you. Um, That said, there were some questions I forgot to ask him, and then I kind of asked him over text afterwards. So I hope that is sufficient, which is, I was like, so how much time are you guys spending together now? Which I know it's kind of a touchy subject. Some people are very on the train of you shouldn't be seeing anyone at all. I kind of think if you know, if you're both not going to stores and not going to other public places and you're only seeing each other and you've agreed to that and you trust each other, then it's probably okay. And at a certain point, I do think people's mental health and need for connection is important. And so if you have someone you trust and you've both agreed to being the absolute safest you can be, I think that's okay. It sounds like that's what Billy and his boyfriend are doing. But I did ask him, how much are you seeing each other? Because I know there's been a lot of kind of talk about, you know, the your significant other's responsibility to you during this time. If you just started dating, how much they should be checking in with you. Or I'm sure some people assume, well, shouldn't we just be spending all our time together then? And he said they're actually seeing each other less than they normally do, which I thought was interesting. He said they're both pretty busy. They both like to have their own space. And he doesn't feel that they were at the point in their relationship before all this happened, where they would be spending every night together. So why would they start now just because, you know, they don't have other people they can see? I can also see a justification for the other way, which is let's just shack up together and spend time together and see what happens. And my point of view is if it doesn't work that way, it probably wouldn't have worked anyway. But I told Billy, I think he's being super mature and smart to not just change the entire dynamic of their relationship and become codependent because of what is going on outside of their relationship. They are sticking to what's important to them. They're giving each other space. They're not taking it personally. And that way, too, when they see each other, it can really be special instead of I'm obligated to see you or I'm stuck seeing you. But if you have an arrangement where you just started a relationship or even in the middle of a relationship, but you don't live together yet, you don't have to assume that all of a sudden you have to be living together. If you're both safe and responsible and not seeing anyone else or going to any public places and trusting each other, you can totally respect your own boundaries. If you have work to do, if you have nights you want to spend in your bed, at your home, at your desk, whatever it is. I really respect that decision on his part and the fact that they're both really taking care of their mental health, their identity, their independence, even though it would be very easy to just fall into a routine of seeing each other only. So I thought that was interesting, thought I would share it. Would love to hear your thoughts, questions about how to handle this kind of tenuous time in relationships. Um, I know my own experience, it's all about giving each other the space we need, being attentive and not taking it too personally when someone needs space. We all do handle this anxiety differently. Um, And I've seen, you know, a fair amount of memes that are like, how someone treats you during this time is a direct reflection of how they feel about you. And I just don't think that's true. I think everybody deals with their anxiety differently. Some people that is to reach out, some people that is to withdraw. And you don't have to make it all about you and your needs all the time. It's important that if you have needs, you communicate them, but also respect that everyone copes differently in times of high anxiety. And even if they seem like they're not having anxiety 
most of us have some underlying anxiety that's brought about by a lot of this uncertainty and not knowing what's going on in the world and our total status quo flipped upside down. So let's be patient, let's communicate our needs, let's give each other space and not take it personally when our partners or our friends or our family needs it. That said, one more dating tip for you on the virtual front. I actually got this from another dating coach that suggested, you know, while we're coming up with all these creative ways to go on virtual dates, another good and important thing to do is start to make plans for the future with the person you're talking to. So let's say we've been on two, three, four virtual dates. It's nice, even if we don't know when it's going to happen, to start saying, oh, I'd love to go here. I'd love to do this. I'd love to show you this or experience this with you. Just kind of a light at the end of the tunnel and also gauging a little bit about how the person is feeling. Obviously, if we've never met someone in person, we can't be head over heels committed to them, but we can know kind of gauge a little bit. Are we on the same page? Are we just kind of pen pal buddies for the duration of the quarantine? Or is there something here that we're both interested in pursuing afterwards? So discussing those future plans, bringing up what would you like to do? What should our first real date be? You know, what is your ideal third date or whatever it is? Coming up with those future plans will kind of, one, take you out of the maybe humdrum of the day-to-day right now, make you excited for the future that will come, and you know, let you know where the other person stands with you. But again, don't take it too personally if they maybe can't think that far ahead or make those kind of commitments right now. Like I said, everyone deals with this stuff differently. So let's give each other a break and do our very best. If you'd like to come on the show and talk about your experiences in quarantine, in dating, in relationships, whatever it is, I would love to have you. I'm looking for all different kinds of stories, questions, experiences, advice, what's worked for you, what hasn't. Reach out to us, notyourtherapistpodcast at gmail.com. Reach out to us on Instagram, notyourtherapistpodcast. Write me a review if you're sitting around with nothing to do and feel like doing a good deed. Let me know what you think. Let me know how you feel. I am here for you. Thank you to Billy Griffin for joining me and coming back. I don't have his Instagram in front of me, but I'm sure you can find it pretty easily. Billy Griffin. I think it's Billy Griffin Jr., actually. Um, He's wonderful. Thank you for the update. Thank you to Josiah Thorngate, my tireless, amazing editor, Christine Bartolucci, Melissa Gruen, all of you for listening, rating, reviewing, and making dating fun. (laughs) 